We have an American Holocaust that is happening in our cities on our watch. 17,000 children are murdered in the womb every week in America. 17,000 children every week. This is the number one moral issue of our time. In fact, I'll even take it further. I believe that this is the greatest moral issue that we have experienced in the history of the world. Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we share how we have done over $200 million in real estate deals to create, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. If you're ready to start investing with purpose, visit freefromwallstreet.com. But for now, let's dive into this episode. So welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. I'm with Justin Reeder today. Hey, man, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. Great to be with you, man. Thanks so much for having me on. So today is, like we've been doing throughout the year, a nonprofit spotlight. It is one of the nonprofits that Integrity Holdings Group has chosen to partner with to create. You know, we love to tell our investors we're making massive passive income. And, you know, we like to be able to do that for nonprofits too. We always say it's very difficult to get off of the front lines of whatever you're called to do for that nonprofit and then, you know, come home and have to go fundraise and try to find people to do that. So part of our heart is to make sure that we can create some consistency in that passive income to hopefully let the people rest when they come home and come off of the mission field and things like that. So Today, Justin's with us from Love Life Ministries, and he's going to tell you a little bit about what it is that they've been up to and how we're able to support. Stephen, first off, man, just again, I, I'm so encouraged to hear what you guys are doing in the marketplace and how you guys are leveraging your gifts, your talents to further kingdom work. It's near and dear to my heart. I'm, I'm actually from the marketplace. I started a company when I was 20 and really realized early on that you know when you have Jesus in your heart. There's no separation between marketplace and ministry. It's all ministry when, when Jesus is in your heart. And so I'm encouraged to see how you're leading and what you guys are doing with your business and how you're leveraging it for the glory of God. And so it, it actually, this whole journey for me started, we had just celebrated 10 years in our business when I got an invitation from other business friends in our city out to our local abortion clinic in Charlotte. And that's really when I came face to face with the reality of what's taking place in our cities. It's what, what I call the tragic truth of our cities that most people are just unaware of, at least I know I was, I was unaware of the reality and the depth of this in our cities, that abortion is the leading cause of death in our community. It's not cancer, it's not heart disease, it's not gang violence. The leading cause of death is abortion in our cities. And it really wow. became real and personal for me whenever I stood in front of that abortion clinic that day. And it was no longer a political talking point. You know, it was no longer just something that you think about every few years when you vote. But it really became personal, became real. Like these are human beings. These are lives that I'm seeing. I saw moms that day walking in with tears running down their face. I saw them visibly pregnant. You know, they, you can do abortions here all the way up to 20 weeks. And it became personal for me. My heart broke over this, uh, not just for the child, but for the mom, for the dad, even for the workers, the people that were just blinded to this deception. And the Lord really started to work on my heart as a business guy to say, what are you doing for the least of these? What are you doing for the most vulnerable people in your city? You know where people are scheduled to die now in your city. What are you going to do? 
Wow. And that's where the journey began for me. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm up here in New Jersey. I was just trying to look up where it is. I think it's 28 weeks here, you know, which is even worse. And I think there's some bills in the Senate that are trying to get passed that will allow it all the way up to to birth. I know that New York recently passed a similar type of uh, of law. And, you know, so it's interesting because you're like, okay, so I got drawn out here and I was going to make a joke like, oh, with like pitchforks and flames and stuff, because I think there's this thought process in America that you're either pro-life or pro-choice and it becomes a very divisive talking point, right? But what I love that you just said, it's like, well, what are we going to do for the least of these? And I mean, if we're not protecting our most vulnerable, right? And look, we're going to stay away from the medical conversation as to what, right, says like this is and this isn't. I mean, the bottom line is, is that left to its devices, that baby will be born. So stopping that process, and I understand that it's a very difficult decision for the mother, which is what I love about Love Life, right, is because you guys aren't just there to try to turn people away. Tell us a little bit about kind of what it is that you're doing for these families, for these people that are in a tough spot that, you know, need to be shown love and compassion and really helped through this tough decision-making process. Yeah. So, you know, really, it's, you look at the story of the Good Samaritan, and then that's very reflective of what our ministry is doing. You know, we see people that are in the ditch. There are people that are hurting. And that a lot of times even includes the mom and the dad and the people that are involved in the whole situation, grandparents, brothers, sisters. It's not only the child, but of course, the child is the one that is scheduled to die. And and we're simply just saying, as Christians, we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that includes the born and the preborn. And so we're, we're not only just saying that abortion's wrong and that abortion is murder. We're saying, mom, we want to help walk with you. We will help disciple you. We will help mentor you through the church across the cities that we are in right now. The churches are throwing baby showers for these moms. They are discipling them. They are mentoring them. They are caring for these, not only for the babies, but for the moms and for the dads. I'll give you one, one story that just wraps up our ministry. There's a lot of details to our ministry, and we'll talk about some of them. But just from right from the get-go, a mom came for an abortion back in 2016, her first year of doing ministry. And when she showed up to the abortion clinic, she heard that there was other options available for her from our sidewalk team that was out there on the sidewalk saying, this is not your only option. We have help available for you. The mom came over to the sidewalk team, had discussion with them, walked onto the mobile unit that we have right in front of the abortion clinic through one of our partnering ministries, went onto the mobile unit, got to see her child through a free ultrasound, which inside they're going to charge them $200 for an ultrasound. She got to see her baby on that ultrasound, got to connect with that life and said, I am going to keep this child. After making that choice for life, we then connected her with a mentor in one of our partnering churches. And these mentors walked with this mom, cared for this mom, helped move her into a better housing situation. And all of this is happening without us knowing that her aunt is the manager of the abortion clinic. So all of this is getting funneled back to her aunt who's managing the abortion clinic. And her aunt now starts to see that the love of Jesus is real. It's not just something she hears about, but the love of Jesus is being poured out on her niece. And her aunt actually came to the baby shower that the church threw for her niece. Again, we didn't know any of this was even happening. We didn't know her niece was the the manager of the abortion clinic, just being faithful, loving on people. And 
the aunt now goes back into the abortion clinic with a whole new perspective that the people on the sidewalks are not crazy. These people love Jesus and they love people and they're doing it with her family. So for the last year before she quit, as people were coming into the abortion clinic, she would send them out to the sidewalks as they were coming in to have an abortion. She would say, Hey, you don't have to do this. Those people out there, they will help you. And so the manager of the abortion clinic started pointing people to the local church. And that's really the shift in culture that we believe in is for people to stop running to abortion clinics for the answer and start running to the local church. And that aunt joined us for our prayer walk on the other side of the street. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think just hearing that, right. It's like how many people just have that one option in their head? It's just Mm -hmm. like, well, this is the only option. And if they're ignorant to the other options, then are you really making an informed decision, an informed choice? I mean, you probably feel at some point that there's no choice, but finding the people that can love you, care for you and say, Hey, here's some other options. It probably gives them a breath of hope. Right. And obviously it helped with that niece and it helped with that aunt and what an amazing thing Mm -hmm. to just be able to now work in conjunction and to say, Mm -hmm. no, there's not, division and derision here. There's us offering something that you don't offer, which is other options. And man, that's beautiful. Like that's really a shift because I think it's always this us versus them mentality when there's people inside those clinics, just like there's people outside those clinics. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when we can start having a real conversation about what it is that we're trying to do, which is just love on people, then Mm -hmm. how much more open do people come to hearing that conversation? Very cool. Yeah, it's really the the love of Jesus in action is what we're calling the church to. And, and, you know, for most Christians, we would all say we're pro-life, just like I would before I had went out to the abortion clinic that day and got exposed to it for the very first time. But the reality was I really wasn't doing anything about it. And, you know, some of us might be giving financially to a pregnancy care center or, or this ministry or that ministry. And that's great. We need to continue to do those things but we know where people are scheduled to die in our cities. It's the only place where we know innocent human beings are scheduled to die. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know where the next school shooting is going to take place. We don't know where the next George Floyd situation is going to take place. But I can tell you today across this nation in 700 different buildings across this nation today where innocent human beings are scheduled to die. And the church must show up. We must be at these places of death to offer them life. It's a call to shift the culture through the local church across our cities. So that's amazing. And I love the the point of the ministry where you guys are finding people, loving on them, and then sending them back out to other resources. So how are you finding those other resources in the community? And how do you partner with those folks? And you know, what's that look like to work hand in hand with multiple different resources, you know, instead of having it all in-house? Yeah, so we do most everything through the local church. We believe in the local church. We love the local church. We know Matthew 16, 18 tells us the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so the whole mission of Love Life is uniting and mobilizing the church to create a culture of love and life that would result to an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. So we believe God has called the church to shape the culture. Politician legislations downstream, they're going to follow the culture. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the city on the hill. We are to be the pillar and the foundation of truth. And so we're not waiting for you know politicians to figure it out. God has called the church of Jesus Christ to do that. 
And so we work through church partnerships. Uh, so we have partnered with over 300 different churches in our area across denominational lines. It's a beautiful picture of unity. Baptists next to Presbyterians, next to Pentecostals, next to non-denomination. Right. And so it's, it's through this united body of Christ that we're going to see the stronghold of abortion end. Yes, we also work with pregnancy care centers and adoption agencies, and we work with local DSS as we really are funneling families into foster care and adoption and stepping into that space as well. We love partnerships. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. We're a mobilizer of God's army. That's really kind of where God's favor and anointing has been on our ministry is really helping mobilize the church of Jesus Christ. And we've, we've seen this now over the last four and a half years, not only 300 church partnerships, but over 70,000 people have been mobilized for prayer walks that most of these people have never even been to a local abortion clinic before. So they're getting exposed to this mission field in our city. And then they're given clear call to action after that about how they can stay on mission. They right. can be a mentor. They can disciple a mom or dad. They can foster. They can adopt. They can become a sidewalk counselor. You know, there's so many things that you can do. And we just got to mobilize the army of God. And that's that's what we're here to do. And, you know, you mentioned something before we started the podcast that really resonated with me. You said you talk to people a lot. You said, what would have happened, right, back in the 40s if we knew what was going on and did nothing? Yeah, I mean, you go back to in Nazi Germany, 1943, kind of at the height of uh, when Hitler was murdering people, innocent people. And, uh, you know, as a business guy, like we are, you know, what would be our responsibility if we owned businesses in Nazi Germany in 1943? We had successful businesses. What would be our responsibility? We know where innocent human beings are, are dying. We have to leverage all that we have to rescue those who are perishing, rescue those who are being led to the slaughter, as the scripture tells us. And so we're just simply saying today is 1943. We have an American Holocaust that is happening in our cities on our watch. 17,000 children are murdered in the womb every week in America. 17,000 children every week. This is the number one moral issue of our time. In fact, I'll even take it further. I believe that this is the greatest moral issue that we have experienced in the history of the world. Since 1980, 1.5 billion have been snatched out of the womb since 1980. That's the best numbers we have globally since 1980, 1 1.5 billion. And so it is our responsibility to leverage all that we have, if it's our business, if it's our pulpit, whatever it might be, to be a voice for those who have no voice. Yeah. And, you know, you watch those movies, uh, Schindler's List. I've watched uh, an amazing YouTube video where they came and they gave this guy a an award and the entire audience around him was the people that he saved. They got everybody yeah. into one auditorium. Right. And those are heartwarming, tear filled messages. Mm -hmm. But he was those folks were risking a lot when they had those conversations back in the 40s. Right. And sometimes we feel like we're risking a lot. So it's easy enough to look away. But it doesn't make it any less real that it's happening. And, you know, having these conversations and letting people know that they have the ability to fight for humanity and fight for people that we love. I mean, this isn't necessarily a Christian versus non-Christian issue, right? This is a human mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we need to be talking about it. We need to be mobilizing people to have an understanding about it because then there can be more Schindlers in the world, but modern yeah. day. Yeah, that's right. I got to sit down with a uh, death camp survivor 
a lady named Miss Eva, and I got to interview her and ask her some questions about her experience in the death camp and kind of relating to abortion today. And um, I said, Miss Eva, what do you wish that the church would have done for you when you were sitting in the death camp back in 1943? And she said, Justin, I could hear the church bells ringing in the nearby town from the death camp that I was in. I saw Christians walking by my death camp, and some even cried, some were emotional about it, but they weren't doing anything other than maybe crying about it. And she said, I wish that people would have taken action. I said, well, what would, would have that looked like you know, in that time? And, mm. and she said, well, when I was being hauled off in a train, you know, headed to the death camp, I wish that Christians would have laid on those tracks and stopped that train. But she said, the reality is that if only a handful of people would have done it, that the train just would have ran over them and those people would have been demonized and destroyed. But she said, if thousands had run to the scene, it could have shifted the culture. And that's what we're doing. We're calling for the church of Jesus Christ and, and for people that see value in life to run to these places of death and not in protest, not in hate, not in yelling or screaming, but saying there are other options, there are other ways than killing your child and we will walk with you and we will help you. Great message. And you guys are now in multiple cities and you just told me a little bit about your expansion. So tell me now, where has Love Life been? Where are they going? Yeah, so we started in Charlotte in 2016. 2018, we expanded it across North Carolina in the Triad area and in the Raleigh area. Last year, we expanded into New York City, which is the abortion capital of America, uh, where more black babies are aborted than born in New York City. And we just have seen God do amazing things in these four cities. Again, over 300 churches, over 70,000 people mobilized, and over 2,000 families that have made the choice for life. at the abortion clinics in the last four and a half years. These are people that literally showed up for a scheduled abortion and made the choice for life. We're seeing lives saved daily across these cities. And and during the whole coronavirus deal and all that that we've been experiencing this year, the Lord really gave us clarity and vision for expanding beyond those four cities. And that's what we're calling Love Life America. If those that are listening want to check it out, lovelife.org slash America. You can see the whole expansion push that's happening there. We're seeing cities that are answering the call right now, currently across the nation. We're believing to launch in over 200 cities in the next year and a half. We have over 700 abortion clinics in America, and there's only a Christian witness at about 30% of those locations. That means that 70%, around 500 abortion clinics in America today, have no hope being offered to these families, no help from the local church being offered. And we aim to change that by helping raise up these cities, IDing local missionaries in these cities that we are backing, we are funding, we are resourcing, we are training, partnering them together with local churches in their area to shift the culture. And we're also already going international. Uh, There's other countries that are answering the call that we're currently working with and training. Wow, big moves in the future. Really exciting stuff. And that is not a cheap endeavor. That's right. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. And, you know, uh, my parents have been in ministry for full time for like 40 years. So I grew up in the church and my dad always said, you spell ministry W-O-R-K. And uh, it's a lot of work, as we know, as business guys, just by building a business, it takes a lot of time. Uh, it takes money to do it. And it's the same in this space as well. 
So yeah, it takes dollars to do what we do. I'm pouring money into it. We're leveraging our business to fund this ministry. I can serve as a full-time volunteer because of our our business and, and what it does to support my family. But now's the time to leverage all that we have, especially as business leaders in the marketplace. This is 1943. This is the Holocaust of our time. And it's time for us to leverage what we have. Yeah, amazing. So if other business owners and other people want to answer the call, either financially or ministerially, how would they reach out to you guys to kind of have the conversation? Lovelife.org. Everything is there on our website. Right when you go on there, you'll see a link for Love Life America. There's also a donate button at the top. But all about our ministry video, you can watch videos of testimonials of all these families that have made the choice for life, the church mobilizing. There's some incredible content on our website, lovelife.org. That's awesome. So we'll have the link in the show notes here so anybody can find it very easily. You can reach out to us too. You can reach out to Life Love Life directly. We're really excited to even have a small fraction of the ability to help here. And you know, we're excited for what the partnership will bring over the next couple of years. The, uh, the opportunity to serve through our business is really exciting for us. And I'm just really glad that we've gotten to to know each other and I can't wait to continue to build the friendship and the relationship, you know, just really honored to be a part of what you guys are doing. Steven, really want to thank you, man, for really leading the way in this space. You know, you're not only giving people an opportunity to fund kingdom work and ministry, but also you're being a voice for this thing, man. You're using your platform just as we wish that, you know, people, other people in leadership, if it be politicians or pastors would do, we as business leaders also have a responsibility to leverage our voice and our platform. So I appreciate what you're doing, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and sharing the heart of the ministry. We hope that more and more people will reach out to you guys and help out. There is no shortage of need, that's for sure. So if you're listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. If you haven't done so already, go to freefromwallstreet.com, download the five things your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. By partnering with companies like ours, not only do you make higher than market risk adjusted returns, but you also get to help a lot of nonprofits along the way and partner with us in that. And that's a lot of fun to do together as well. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think.